1-800-209-1679. That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com, get our top Consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. 1-800-209-1679. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. folks here we go from las vegas another edition of sports insider radio brian blessing glad to be with you check out sportsinsiderradio.com we've got the boys we've got john and mike we've got week one nfl in the cookie jar we know a little more about these teams and we know what the players are thinking and we're seeing the adjustments that the odds makers make and there's no time to waste as we dive right in well fellas I, I, I will say this. I'm going to start with you, John. First of all, hello, John. How you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm doing good. Before we get to Mike, uh, I'm going to talk to you because you're the voice of reason. Uh, Mike, I'm sure, thinks that the Ravens are the 85 Bears because they killed the Dolphins. Uh, I Before he talks, I just wanted to remind you guys that the Ravens won the opener 47-3 to last year and lost the next week at Cincinnati. So one week to the yep. next, you never know what you're going to get. Mike's, Mike's, Mike's going to hang up the phone. <laughs> we, we've, been hear, we've been hearing that all week long. I do want to talk about one thing. Opening week, we always talk about the value of taking double-digit dogs in the NFL. 
took Seattle. If you took uh, Philadelphia, now the Philadelphia game came down to the wires, uh, the backdoor cover with the skins. But nonetheless, if you just faded the double-digit favorites, 10 or higher, um, you basically, you went 2-0 last week. This week's a very interesting week. Uh, you're talking about the Ravens, but let's talk about the Ravens. When's the last time they were a double-digit favorite? They're now over the key number of 14. It's 14-and-a-half, and you're approaching the key number of 21 with the Dolphins and the Patriots, and the Patriots are 20-and-a-half on the road. So, you know, the, the, what's really going to be interesting is is the is that streak going to continue? Do you just fade? Do you take Arizona? Do you take Miami for the cover? Because you know that's a lot of points in the NFL. Huge twenty and a half on the road. When's the last time you saw a twenty and a half point road favorite in the NFL? Never a dumb. All right, let Mike have his moment. Tell me about your Ravens, Michael. Well, I mean, look, everybody's gonna. Yeah, I talked to the to the naysayers and they keep telling me throughout the whole week that we're playing a high school team and Miami shouldn't even be an NFL team and all this is coming from guys that really don't know football they're just watching the game and they just anticipate because we're just you know scoring on every single drive again and I'll say this year after year no NFL team will lose to any college football team maybe the Miami teams in the 2000s potentially with all those pro bowlers and even Hall of Famers at this point, but you're not going to beat an NFL team. Look, the, every team, and you're going to, we're going to see these large numbers for the, the Dolphins all season long, but it doesn't matter because we all know the line is the great equalizer. They're going to cover these numbers as the season goes on. They're going to play better. They're going to have a decent matchup, and that's just part of the NFL. But no matter what, the Ravens got the job done. Everybody kept saying that Lamar simply can't pass the ball. He doesn't have the ability to spread it out. He's a runner. He's a running back, as they said, you know, in the press conference after the game. The guy had a full offseason. He's in year two. So now he's using Greg Roman's Kaepernick-style um, offense when Greg Roman took um, San Francisco to the Super Bowl against the Ravens years back. And he's got a full playbook under his belt. With guys, and he's still learning how to use these new receivers, a great new running back, an improved offensive line, another year for Mark Andrews in the offseason, and you could tell how much better he's become as a solid tight end. I mean, we have the options now that we didn't have last year. We had Crabtree and John Brown last year, and now we have guys like Marquise Brown who's, you know, a little bit – he reminds me a little bit of Tyreek Hill with the speed. Little guy, but could just flat-out fly. And if Lamar – if they're going to take away the run, which Miami tried to do in week one, he can now beat you that way. We're a very, very dangerous team. John, what are the chances of me beating the we out of Mike's answers when it comes to the Ravens? I don't know that he's nah. getting I don't know that he's getting paid by the team. Well, let me ask you, instead of we, how about <laughs> and, you and now, now, they, now they get Arizona, right? Uh so you know, you got Arizona, cross country, uh, breakfast football, and there's every opportunity for the Ravens to, you know, demolish these guys again. I just, I just, I, the reaction uh, on the odds, make, you know, on the number is going to be really intriguing with these teams because I don't think you have any clue what the Ravens are based on these first two opponents. I mean, I think that uh, you have to be crazy to lay 14 and a half 
with the Ravens until they're winning 30 to nothing. And then you'll say, oh, that was easy. And, uh, the Patriots, again, you know, these are huge numbers. And it's a pro team. And, you know, you That's can right. say Miami's horrible. But Miami historically does play New England tough. Um, and, That's right. you know, again, obviously it's a different team. But, you know, you, you are motivated to play the – people always rock top when it – when you're playing the top talent. But uh, how about those Bills last week? Mm-hmm. Your Bills. Your Bills. Yeah. Well. Now now they're going to the Giants. I pulled it. I, I, you know, listen. It's like you always talk about the game within the game. Uh, we talked all through the summer months. Now they were asleep at the switch, and it was a bleeding ulcer that it didn't need to be. Um, but they were plus three and a half. Uh, so that number was out there all summer. The week leading up to it, we talked about it, that that number was going to come below three. So when you bet them was a big deal. I will say there was a little money line play. Uh, and then it got even better uh, at halftime, down 6 nothing with four turnovers and only down six points. Uh, they were pick in the second half. So uh, there, there were several eggs in a basket for that game, let me tell you. Yep, like, well, the New England Patriots was the only in-game live play that's small for some people, and, uh, you know, that was an amazing scenario. You could play, they had the money line on the Patriots to win the second half plus 300 when Pittsburgh scored the first field goal. I'm going to repeat that. The Patriots were plus 300 to win the second half outright when they were down 3 nothing when they held Pittsburgh to a... Uh, uh, a field goal instead of a touchdown, and I just had a you know you just jump on that small. But you know again, you know it was a wild week of all action. Obviously, Monday night was a great fan filled Houston game. If you watch that game, you know I I don't watch a lot of games. I was with, with Mike. We were watching that game. That was an amazing game. You know it would be great if all the games were like that, but uh, you're not going to get that. I well, will say that looking ahead, it go ahead. I was just going to laugh and say I'm picturing you. Watching that game with Mike, and there are two completely th- different things going on, because in that game, uh, not only the game, but in the fantasy wars, I mean, I, I got I, I got a little piece of Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, and Lutz. <laughs> Lutz is my kicker, so I was watching that pretty closely, too, and I can only imagine that somewhere along the way on Mike's fantasy teams, he had some Texans or Saints. Well, I mean... Here's the thing, Brian. Is that a yes? Sir? Is that a I, yes? That, <laughs> I will call that game on Monday night a trifecta for me. I had the over in the Texans game. I had the Texans. I had a teaser on the game. I had a survivor full pick. I had oh. a ton of fantasy implications. I had the Breeze. I had uh, Camara, Duke Johnson, <laughs> uh, Miss, and Will Lutz. So, and I'm you know I'm down all these points, and, and Will Lutz is the last guy. And out of nowhere, he kicks me into a, a win for the week. And a buddy of mine sitting next to me that John met, he's got daily fantasy. And, he, you know, he's his daily fantasy. I don't do daily fantasy, but he does these heads-up matchups where, you know, it's, it's called the 777. You do 777 for first place of 7,500 out of 10 people. He ended up cashing at the night. Literally, the scoring couldn't have been better. Everybody's scoring. We ended up winning the bets. You know, it all around was just insanity. We got all the waiters behind us because we were sitting outside screaming at the last minute of the game. So that's that's what NFL is all about. I mean, you're just not going to get that excitement in any other sport. And the fact that, you know, 
that type of timeline at the end of the game, the insanity. I mean, I know you watch the game, Brian, but how did these? How did the Saints, prior to the last drive for Drew Brees, how are the Saints going to give up a 42-yard sideline corner route by Hopkins, and they give up the sidelines when they have no timeouts, and they let the guy get behind them? I mean, that's uh, like I, textbook. You just I, don't do that. I have said this. I mean, football to me, and I, you know, you know, if I walked in uh, to a meeting room with football players, I, I I could maybe drop one play. I could do the tight end screen where the guy blocks down, slides through the line of scrimmage, and you do a screen the other. I couldn't do any of that stuff. But I'm telling you, these guys that spend 16 hours a day in film rooms and all this stuff, and blah, 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 then they get there and the coaches mangle the timeouts. But I have said this for literally 20 years. And I finally, as God is my way, somebody actually did this a couple of years ago. I just don't understand why every team doesn't do it in the situation you're talking about, Mike. Is you rush three, and you have two linebackers in the middle of the field, and then you've got DBs in 15-yard increments, and, and the safeties are back there, just guarding the sideline. Just stand there at the sideline. Go ahead. Throw it into the middle of the field. Just guard the sideline. Nobody does it, and they let these guys run a 15-yard out and kick a field goal. I, I don't understand how that's so hard to figure out. I mean, it's just incredible. The fact that they scored on two plays and he got out of bounds on the first play after, you know, no time elapsed. It's just that that's the thing that just kills you um, defensively. But, look, they, they made it. They overcame that mistake, and they gave Drew Brees just enough time, and you know, and that's and that's that. So, again, you know, but, having go ahead. No, yeah, I was going to say, you know, it was an interesting game because I was late at the office. Handling calls. Mike left early. He went and met his buddy. I walked in literally at the second the first quarter ended, and I wasn't listening to the score on the radio, and. Um, so I walk in and I look up. I go, "That's nice. I guess I can just throw my losing my 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 over ticket away." So I mean, can you imagine if you had the under and it's the end of the first quarter? So the, here is the interesting thing: the game within the game. They make the Saints eight and they make the total twenty-seven. And I wasn't in a position to do anything because I was at a restaurant. I'm saying, "Oh, if I was in front of the computer, it would be over like nobody's business." And the Saints small in the second half. And, again, you know, we're, 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 we're in the business of betting. So the Saints lost the game, Brian, but they covered the game in the second half. The over was 27. They scored 28 in the third quarter. And then with, like, two minutes left, I'm sitting there bitter as all get out, ready to eat the cigar, going, ah, they're not going to even. Oh, and I, I bought it to 52. I'm going, ah, I need a touchdown just to push. There's no way. And then all of a sudden I see Mike jump in the air as high as flipping out because they, I was looking down and they scored a touchdown. It's like, wow. I'm, like, happy to have the push. And then they come down and they score again. It was an amazing game. But the thing is, the game within the game. You're a Saints fan. The Saints lose. If you're there and you're in-game trading this, you you it's it was easy in the second half to take the Saints. Um, you know, I will tell you, I did make a uh, play, a small play on the second half of Seattle. Got burnt on that game. Left the um, 
left the Philadelphia left the um, the other game. I'm sorry, the second half of the Philadelphia game. You're looking for reversion of the mean, mm-hmm. um, and I and I was considering you're going to laugh taking Miami in the second half because I figured Baltimore wouldn't score, and then I made a small play on 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 a uh, Miami plus ten. Um, and then for, they just let the Ravens just score a touchdown just to burn me for no reason. So, I mean, you know, you really got to look at the, the, the way you can break down these games live and in-game. And, again, when you're looking at that game from a fan point of view, it's one thing. But, again, don't, let, don't lose the fact that there's a lot of money to be made with the in-game wagering. And that's the difference between 2019-2020 and uh, when me and you started doing this, uh, you know, almost 10 years ago. I was looking at some old video footage of me and you in the studio over at Don Best. You know, this is eight years ago, Brian. You know how hard – I don't even think we had the facilities or the ability to in-game live wager when you and I started at Don Best. No, that's absolutely right. I mean, just the offerings that are out there. And, and I would even say this, guys – Here's the next thing, and uh, I would I would envision because it's it, it's yeah it's great. I'll put you know give something out to people, but then they really can't do anything about it. The more mainstream this stuff gets, uh, literally now there are player props on every game. Uh, it, it's gotten to that point. I remember saying that 15 years ago when I first got here. Over in the odds making office at LVC, why don't you? Why don't we do player props for every game? They looked at me like they wanted to take my head off my shoulders because I mean it was the amount of work that goes into it. But now the appetite is there and people have the apps. Um, I that's going to be the next wave of this business. And Mike, this would be right up your alley. Is you know if you've got fifteen games NFL games on a menu, uh, you know there's going to be a dozen player props that are every bit in there and believe me but when it comes to the super bowl i i'm i'm in on the props the props are where the value is you know me to me more than the the side and the total i got something even better for you have you heard of this uh point betting you heard of that yet no where there's there's a guy did you hear about that the guy that risked 30,000 well he didn't risk the guy bet 30,000 oh, to win like a 100 bucks yeah no, to win six hundred thousand because so basically oh. you take he did it on the Ravens so it's the spread was seven for every point they go over your oh. your money starts multiplying so they won obviously the score was insane mainly let's say you did the same thing with Cleveland and they lost forty forty three oh. to thirteen you would have end up losing <laughs> that money so so it's one of these you got to have an account in there and it's like play it's like playing a slot machine. Right, so you just anticipate that they're going to go way over the spread. They're going to blow them out, and you're basically betting for more points. So this guy's sitting there with the Ravens, and he's just cashing, 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 cashing. It just kept going up. So his thirty thousand dollar initial bet paid out six hundred thousand. I'll send you the article after the radio. Wow, that's great. But now, now, John, we get to the point where it's you see the adjustments in, on the numbers based on results that we saw, and week to week. It's become more volatile, but it's even crazier now from week one to week two, and it is a very big cautionary tale. Teams could just limp out of the gate and fix their problems, and they played their first 60-minute game and turn back and be what they really are in week two. But there's been this massive overreaction, and some team, uh, I keep teasing you, Mike, I mean, but like somebody like the Ravens, uh, or somebody rolls somebody 
uh, all of a sudden, well, the, the next week, I mean, they, the, the, the moral of the story is no one is as good or no one is as bad, generally speaking, as they look in week one. Well, I mean, if you look at this, if you go up the street from us and you look at the Skins game, I mean, they had a huge lead. They were winning, I think, what, 20 to nothing. Now, you know, I look I look at trap lines. I mean, from a value point of view, you got to take. you got to hope the game, the line goes up and you you take the Skins at home. Historically, the Skins played Dallas strong at home anyway. Um, but you got Dallas rolling last week. You got the Skins blowing that game. They came back for the backdoor cover. But, I mean, they really – I mean, they could have easily won that game if they played any type of defense. So now you get the skins of the first game home after blowing that game, and they're getting five at home, and we know how strong home team dogs are. Now, regarding the, the, the home team dog scenario, this is very interesting. After week one and all the games have commenced, right, they're all done, they're all over, I'll give you just the brief numbers. Right now, favorites straight up are 10 5 and one. Let's not forget Arizona. We got the one. We got the tie straight up, and ten five and one. So that means favorites have won straight up on the money line by five games. You know, sixty six point six percent. Now this is where it gets interesting. On the spreads, the dogs are nine six and one. So the dogs have won sixty percent of the time against the spread. So right now you got a three game edge on the dogs. And with the totals, amazing. You ready? Fire nine away. games. Nine games have gone over. Seven games have gone under. But there were two overtime games. So the non-overtime games, exactly 50%. Seven games over. Seven games under. Both overtime games go over, making it nine and seven. So basically, the spreads... The totals are basically exactly 50%. If you take away – if none of those games go into overtime, you're probably dealing with a, uh, you know, an 8-8 eight eight scenario. Um, but you have a two-game edge right now. But, again, those two games come with overtime, which is why, obviously, you know, overtime is where you can bust that total. But from a, from a favorite dog point of view, this goes back to what I say about the money line being the great equalizer and the point spread being the great equalizer. you got your 10-5 and one that converts to nine six and one to the dog side you're literally flipping the favorites to the dog so i mean only so you know five five dogs have actually won the game outright so it'll be interesting to see as the week how it progresses now let's not also forget about baseball let's talk a real little baseball before we take a break and then we can get into college football and the rest of the nfl but man if you were in game live wagering that Detroit Yankee game yesterday, which admittedly <laughs> I wasn't, you could have literally killed it, killed it, betting both sides. You could have got the Yankees plus 300, then you could have got Detroit plus 300, then you could have got the Yankees plus 300, then you could have got Detroit plus 300, and you're literally like 100 on both sides, knowing that whoever wins the game, you're getting 300 back. And those are the opportunities when you have crazy games like that that are unbelievable. I mean, I, I was looking at there were three hundred and thirty dollar favorite. They're winning the game six nothing, right? Then they're then it, you 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 put a lottery bet on Detroit at down six runs. You're literally getting like nine hundred. You know, you know, you come they come back, they tie the game, then they win the game. Now you have the Yankees 
are down three runs or two runs, and you can get the Yankees now plus 500, and then you come back and Detroit wins the game. I mean, you see what I'm saying? You could have mm-hmm. played both sides of that coin. Huge dog money. And that and that's as you get into the end of the season and the World Series is October 30th, as you get into the playoffs and you have these crazy games where, like, you know, they're just going off. Don't overlook baseball, guys. I mean, today's a very rare Wednesday. There's not early baseball. Usually there's baseball um, on the air while we're speaking. But, you know, I'm looking at the trends right now. It's been a very interesting baseball season. Favorites have won straight up 60% of the time. And obviously, we, you know, we're not going to talk about the spreads because you're playing on the money line. That's a very unique season. But, again, as I always break down the numbers in baseball, even though the favorites have won, I mean, the favorites are – 465 and 316. So, that, I mean, that is it's really high. You won't get a lot of baseball seasons where you're going to um, see. I mean, can we agree in the years that we've been doing this, very rarely do, does the dogs or the favorite win 60% of the time, Brian. There's no I mean, doubt. There's no that's, doubt. That's huge. But here's the thing. It doesn't mean anything because those money lines, they make you pay, they make you earn. Right now, the money-winning teams, Yankees, 1600 you're up, You're 95 and 51 and you're up 1600 bucks. So you're really not up that much money if you really look into the numbers. Minnesota, you're 89 and 55 You're up 1600 bucks. Here's a great one, Brian. I love this one. Houston and the Yankees have the exact same win-loss record. 95 and 51. Now, for you guys listening to this radio show live, or if you're going to listen to this later archived online, we know you love football. The show's not football insider radio. It's sports insider radio. It's about making money with all betting opportunities. Brian, Houston is 95 and 51. What do you think they're up for the season? Now, I just told you the Yankees are 95 and 51. You're up $1,600 if you bet them every game. What do you think you're up with the Houston Astros if you bet them every game? Uh, you're probably down. <laughs> up $59. Yeah, there you go. Uh, think about that. Up $59 with a team that is 95 and 51. That is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. They have only been a dog 10 times, and they're 2-8 and eight as a dog. So what's amazing is that the Houston Astros, like I said all year long, you're, they're going to make them a dog. Somebody knows something because that's, they're only win, they've only won 20% of their games as an underdog while they're in the top of their division, tied with the same win-loss record as the Yankees. When you look at Atlanta, Atlanta's 90 and 56. You're actually up more money with Atlanta than you are with the Yankees. You're up $1,700. So, again, like I said, then you have the Dodgers. You're only up $300, and they're 94 and 52. Now, the Dodgers were $350 yesterday at the, Raven, at the Ravens, at the Orioles here in Baltimore. Um, you know, and people were texting me, oh, we should have had the Dodgers on the run line, blah, blah, blah. Guys, there's, you've made no money if you've bet on the Dodgers and you've bet on Houston. Just cross them off your list. They are just completely overvalued. And the numbers, I mean, after this many games, 92, almost 150 games, how much do I, how much do I need to preach about overpaying for good teams that have good winning records? 
Uh, you've been doing it for day one, and I and I can you only want imagine. Know, you want to know the real money makers? What are the real money? San makers? Francisco, San Francisco, seventy and seventy-five, up fifteen hundred dollars. Texas, seventy-two and seventy-four, down two games, up twelve hundred dollars. The White Sox, sixty-four and eighty, up a thousand dollars. I mean. So when you look at the teams that are actually really making you money, they're either plus or minus a few games or they're below 500. And then you're getting those good dog value prices propositions because when you take a team like uh, Arizona and you say, how can this team, they're only up five games. Well, here's the thing. They've been a, they've, they are 40 and 39 as an underdog. They have been an underdog 79 times and they're 50%. That's where you make all the money. So that's my little baseball rant. Don't forget about baseball. Well, rant. I can't wait because, I mean, your homework assignment through what, what really you were doing this, what, in college hoops in the NBA. Uh, and, right. the, and then the baseball thing, it soldiers right along. Uh, this will be a fun, fun thing to track now in college and the NFL. Yeah, well, after we take a break, I'll come back. I got the college numbers. Obviously, there's been more games. There's been 106, uh, basically 160 games, 159 games have been played in, in college football, so we can go over those numbers after the break. All right, sounds like a play. It's Sports Insider Radio. We invite you to check out sportsinsiderradio.com, 800-209-1679, sportsinsiderradio.com. We'll be right back. That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com. Get our top Consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 
That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. back with you sports insider radio check out the website sportsinsiderradio.com john and mike hanging out on the east coast when are you booming back around to town man i'll let you know i gotta just uh school just started here so i gotta schedule that with the kids but i'll be back uh, sooner rather than later all right it's always good to see you when are you gonna bring uh absolutely when are you, when you, know, when are you gonna bring uh, the apps when are you gonna bring the other half of the entry with you uh-huh. Uh, talking about apps, you know, we always talk about the, 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 the apps in Vegas and how it makes everything, uh, you know, easy, Brian. Um, they just passed a law in Pennsylvania. Now they have apps in Pennsylvania. So literally me and Mike were discussing driving up, open, you know, literally drive across the border off 83, you know, find the app. But it's a pain, man. You'd have to drive 30 minutes every day to make bets and then come back. It would be brutal. Uh, you know, at some point we'll get it here in Baltimore, but we're being teased in Baltimore because we have West Virginia, we have Delaware, and now you have the app with Pennsylvania. You don't know which way to go. Oh. Well, I already knew which way. I already went. I went to – I'm 0-1 in West Virginia, so <laughs> I'm done with them. So the, the next way, spoken the next spoken the, like a true better. Pennsylvania. Uh, God bless you. I, you know what? Anybody. Yeah. Oh no. I, I. I. I just. I do what I do, and I do what I do, and I'm not superstitious. Yeah. If you say so. Everybody that does this is superstitious. I don't care what you're saying. Never gonna make a sports bet in West Virginia. Again, See. Ever. There you. Good for you. And you admit it. You admit it. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. Not, I'm that way. There's nothing wrong with. Listen, you know, this is the thing, you know. Uh, John, hey, John, John, everywhere. real quick. I'll sit there. I'll tell you. I'll sit there. I, you know, I'll pop down the book. Honestly, God, you know, it's, there are days when it's just, it's horrific. But there are days when it just jumps off the page. And literally, I'll sit there. I'll win three races in a row. And then out of nowhere, it's like when you park your car at the far end of the grocery store parking lot. You're like, you're out a million miles from the joint. And the whole parking lot's here, and some guy comes and parts right next to you and dings your door. You know, you're sitting yeah. there, you're sitting there playing the horses. I win three races in a row. All of a sudden, some guy plops down, and the whole place is sitting there, and he sits like right next to me. I look at this guy like Bush. he's 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 a black cloud. I mean, I I can't get out of there fast enough. I mean, it's do you, real. It's, do you have any? I mean, do you are you are there places that you won't? Uh, Wagering because you've had bad luck, or or not really. Uh, well, a- I won't say I I won't won't wager in. Sometimes convenience, you know, you know, got to run, you got to get something in. I think there are, uh, yeah, I think certainly um, there's there are places that you've had better luck at, and believe me, that's that sticks in your craw a little bit. You 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 believe me, it all resonates, it all adds up. And if you don't want to so, admit actually, it, then you're lying to yourself. 
No, no. I mean, look. I mean, look. The the, the, the technology is amazing. The fact that these opportunities. I mean, I think back to what I used to fly to Vegas to literally wager, and now I literally could drive forty five minutes in either in any direction. It's pretty insane. Um, but what I will say is regarding college football. Um, the, the the takeaway from college football, and Mike is on the front lines dealing with these guys, is you got to be selective. The, you know, unless you're a guy like David Miller, who we had on the radio show last week, who's a high volume better based on his algorithms, but he's using a proprietary money management system. Unless you're that guy that can wager on 63 games last week, I think he wagered on 63 games combined and had a winning week, basically scratching out a small winning percentage, but because of the way the money was, he made money. Unless you're him, you know, not many non-professionals are going to be able to mentally handle, and that's the psychological aspect of wagering, handle 63 games. I mean, I can't. I'm sure you can't, Brian. I know Mike, it drives him crazy. He can't do it. Um, Even though he knows overall – Dave's going to always be a winner, and people that subscribe to his program, look, they do it, they follow it, but I'm saying for the average guy out there, if you're just high-volume betting every game because it's on TV, you will get killed on Saturday, and then what Sunday becomes I hope you enjoy that game because it will be one of the last you'll be watching. Exactly. Well, the thing is, is that what happens is, is Sunday just to get out of your Saturday hole, if you're listening, or is Sunday unto itself and just another day where you're picking and choosing your selections. I mean, I, Mike, there, there's no, I, I, here, I'll follow up. I'll, I'll throw it right back at you, then then throw it over to Mike. But I will guarantee you that uh, you know someone with conviction, or if they talk to you guys or whatever, but at the end of the day, they go, yeah, I'm on board with that. And you know, whatever you tell them, here's the play. But I bet you, uh, because it's a Tuesday baseball game, and the guy really likes that, you know, I agree with you guys, and blah, blah, blah. blah. And, and, I, and I know there's that, that give and take. But this guy, he'll just he'll just bet the ba- bet the baseball game, whatever he bets, and he loved it. He he really believed it with conviction on that. But then he'll go to go to Sunday, and bet more on three NFL games. But the game the game he really liked, he bet less on during the week. No, that's why you can look at the handle numbers in Vegas and see that look. There's only 15 games have been played in NFL in week one. And a hundred and been played where there's been a spread on them in football, and the handle's greater in the NFL than it is in football. Think about that: fifteen games versus one hundred and fifty-nine so far. So, you know, the, the the Saturday. You know, I will say this, and again, I don't want to act like I'm. You know, me and you are. You know, Mike's on the younger side of it, but I mean, I I don't remember weekly football. It was Monday. Thursday, yeah, I don't remember. You know, in the last couple of years, it's Tuesday, and then it's Wednesday, and then they got the Friday night games. And I think what happens is, it you know, it it, it people get numb to college football, so they're really looking forward. Well, to the I, NFL. And, I, and I would what I would say, and Mike, what he, what John's talking about, I've said this, and, and it, fortunately for me, it is a conference I follow. But I would highly recommend to people that it's early in the season, but you should be watching and paying attention to the MAC, and you should be watching and paying attention to the Sun Belt 
and have a little bit of work and knowledge, and then come the back third of the season, when the MAC and the Sun Belt, and these games are on TV on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday nights, and people are going to jump in, and they're going to play them because it's the game that's on TV, even though you warn them, don't bet it just because it's on TV. It behooves you that to know that you're going to do that at the end of the year to pay attention to these conferences now, and you can make some money on these guys now, but then you've got to read on these teams when they are the solo act later in the year. Well, I mean, it's that's most people just are not entertained when it's not the Big 12, it's not the ACC, it's not the SEC, and it's not on primetime. But once that part of the year comes, just because it's on TV, they're obviously going to be all about it. So you have to focus on that now. And you can't just hyper-focus on any particular one in, in general. There's just so many games. For a guy that's doing this as a hobby and, or he's doing this for entertainment and he's just simply a better, I mean, I couldn't imagine looking at the board with 60 games on Saturday. Yeah, he might peek at it Tuesday or Wednesday, but most likely he'll actually put in his place Saturday morning and he's going to go down and he's going to see the big-name teams and he's just going to bet based on an opinion. And this is why these bookmakers and these casinos are in business, because guys just bet with their hearts. They don't have any logic behind it. When we know certain guys that we're all um, associated with that literally bet the number, they're mercenaries. They don't care particularly about which player, which player's not playing, or which player's not getting as much playing time they're just firing off based on the number. If the number gets better, they're firing off even more. And that system works long-term. Obviously, if everybody could just look at the board and say the Alabama team is going to win every week, we're going to bet them. It's just not that easy, especially with the spread being that equalizer. So it's just more than that. And going back to the actually watching the games, again, we were uh, – uh, John and myself were watching that game. I'm going to switch over to NFL – uh, we're watching that Saints game, and they're up 21-10. to 10, And the Houston's only a 165 favorite. It's like the odds makers knew that the Saints were going to come back and win. This is 21-10, to 10, and Houston is only a 165 favorite to win. So you could get value like that in the game if you're actually trading it and you're not just putting it in in the morning – and just forgetting about it and going on with your day. Sure, you could still make money that way, but there's just so many opportunities on the board by the minute, especially when there's 60 college games on at the same time, periodically, obviously not all at the same time, but they're on all day, and you could just find those those gems, those diamonds in there, in that board that a team is down, we'll just fire away. Again, we're not hyper-focused on one particular game or a team, sometimes we'll already have a play on the game, and if it's going in our favor, we'll press it for more. And that just takes more of the trading angle like we've been preaching for many years now. I think more and more betters with it being so mainstream are really coming around to that concept rather than just saying, hey, just give me a game. I'm going to put it in and forget about it. So how about the college football aspect of it? Uh, Eric, and the adjustment, the, the, the changes that we see, the changes we so, see so here, top so to bottom. Here, so here's an, interesting, here's an interesting game, right? So I totally overlooked the Maryland-Syracuse game last week. Like it just was not on my radar. Uh, Maryland just 
destroyed Syracuse. They they opened up at two. They got bet down. People were betting Syracuse down to one. Um, so now it's very interesting because now Maryland is a seven-point favorite at Temple, which is only up the street in, in uh, downtown Philadelphia. And to me, that's an overlay, not knowing really much about Temple, but just based on the performance of Maryland when you say throw out the last two games. And then you have Syracuse gets ran over by Maryland, and Clemson is laying 28 against Syracuse. Right. So Clemson, Syracuse comes off this, 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 this demolishing act as a one-point, basically, pick'em game. It'll be interesting to see what, what happens with this Clemson game. People start coming in and betting Syracuse prior to game town, pushing that game down towards the 24 side. And then you have Alabama um, laying 25. So, you know, the question is, is this going to be the year of every week, Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama? What I will say is there's been right now home teams outright just straight up winning, not a spread. The home teams have been very powerful early in college football. Home teams are 82% straight up. So if you're a money line better, hear me out. Home teams are 130 and 29. That is amazing, Brian. Only 29 teams have won on the road out of 159 games so far this season. Now, when you flip that to the spread, Brian, you know I always like to you always go I always like to give you the amazing figures. Now, I just told you 80 82% of the favorites have won straight up. We we got that? Yes, sir. We got that? The favorites, Brian, are 78, 77, and 4. I'm going to repeat that. 78, 77, mm-hmm. and 4. If you're listening, whether you're listening live or you're listening archived, that just shows you the power of the line making and the point spreads in the computer programs, you literally have taken something from 82% and you have knocked it down to 50, 50% when you introduce the point spread. How do you employ, how can, so, how can you employ those numbers? What you just said, I mean, in every yes, game, you need, but, 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 but how do you I employ it you, in an in-game strategy? I can tell you, I can tell you why well, I can do better than that. So our good friend, Troy, that hit you on the back, <laughs> um, he has a money. He has a money line. He came over and said hello to you. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about him for a second. He had one game last week. He had one game last week, and he said to me and Mike, "I'm betting one game, Wake Forest on the money line. I'm laying two hundred. Wake Forest won. They didn't cover." So what you have to do is this goes back to you talking about horse racing and talking about, hey, you know, people say that, you know, they won't, they won't bet. They, they have a problem betting a $200 favorite in baseball, but they'll bet a chalk horse laying 200 It's the same thing. Well, he basically said to me, when you look at these numbers, the algorithm that he has will pull out money line opportunities. Now, don't get me wrong. The money line could cover. But he's going with that 82% side, as we discussed with David, mm-hmm. which is, He's extracting that game where he's just going, well, there's a real high probability versus on my algorithm, this team should win. If they cover, they cover. 
But the point is, look what, if you look at the pool of minus 150, 170, 180, 190, up to basically 200, think of it like baseball, you have a much bigger edge laying the money line on those short favorites. They were a six-point favorite. I think they won the game by three. So that's the moral of the story. The moral of the story is if you can, if you can do your work like we're doing and we're looking for high-valued money line plays and we're treating favorites like baseball and you know that you, the numbers are powerful. I just showed you 82% of all favorites won the game and then you flip it to the point spread. So if you're out there and you're trying to handicap the number and you're not a guy that's basically scraping and looking for value on the numbers like David, it's a hard road to hoe because, I mean, think of that, man. Look at how good. This is only two weeks into college football, and they are exactly 50%, Brian. Exactly. The numbers, Mike, he gives us these numbers all the time, man. It's, it is it is pretty remarkable. Well, we have the numbers. We have the groups. And we just commingle everything, and we come up with a product that is just exceptional. You know, a lot of people still believe that, you know, their opinion, and I, I emphasize this week after week, they, I get calls all the time, and it's the same story. I have an answer. I've been doing great. And they're so short-sighted where they only remember their last games that they've bet. They don't remember the previous three months, the previous six months, because it's just like they have selective memory, just like – with losing, you know, we only remember the bad beats. We don't remember the good beats. We only remember the bad beats. And David Miller came on the show last week, and he mentioned that. And it's so true. I was thinking about it during the show last week. It's like, you know what, he's exactly right. I don't remember really any good beat. All I remember is the bad ones. So that's the memory. I'm going to that over on Monday night for a minute. Sorry, guys. I do remember that good beat. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was saying. We always talk about the bad beat. Nobody talks about the lucky win. <laughs> Right. And, you know, so they have ambition. They just, the betters just only remember their last 10 games and how they did last week. They don't want to talk about the previous six months or how they've done in 2018 and 2019 leading up to this football season. And once you get into the, to just the actual psychology of betting and get them to really understand that it's all about trading the games, no different than you're trading on Wall Street. Every game has a different number, just like every stock has a different price. And you bet as a business and, and, and you're and successful. Look, and here's the thing, Brian. People just know to bet the money line in baseball. They know to bet the money line in NHL. What these numbers show, and, you know, this is early in the football season, but when you look at these numbers, which are basically, I mean, it's still amazing to me, 78 and 77. So when you're talking about a one-game edge to the favorites, and you're talking about an 82% edge on the money lines, it means that it's not just the 20-point favorites that are winning. A lot of those money lines that won in that 130 games that actually won outright. Remember, 130 favorites won, they didn't cover. So there's a lot of money to be made looking for those opportunities and treating football like baseball and hockey on the short money lines. And I think most people just don't do that, and they don't know better because they're not delving into the numbers like we are. All right. Well, tell, listen, Sports Insider Radio. Check out sportsinsiderradio.com. The website, the number is 800-209-1679. But real quick, man, we're to football, 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 football. I got news for you. 
these baseball pennant races, these opportunities, uh, big barking dogs are going to be out there. So, you still swinging for the fences on these big big dogs in baseball? I mean, like I told you, I was watching that Yankees-Detroit game yesterday. I mean, look, if you're a guy and you said, oh, Detroit's horrible, and you laid that 330, you didn't do too well. Sure, you might have won the Dodgers at the Orioles, but if you're one and one on those huge chalk favorites that didn't serve you any well, serve you real well. Tonight, you know, Yankees again at Sabathia. I don't trust them at home. I'm certainly not going to trust them on the road. I'm not going to take Detroit, but they're laying 220. It's too high of a number. Um, and tonight's actually very unique. You don't really have a lot of, like, crazy favorites. The Dodgers, again, are, it's the same usual suspect. The Dodgers here in Baltimore, they're laying 175. Now, listen, they were bet down. They opened up at 200. Now they're 175. Baltimore's getting a little action at home because, again, the reality is, does Dodgers really need to win this game tonight? No, they don't. They don't. And, uh, you know, it's really that simple. So, again, like I said, I am certainly not – all my clients know we're playing baseball every day of the week, even on Saturday, even on Sunday. And, you know, it's a sad day for me when baseball comes to an end. I love baseball, Brian. <laughs> Don't cry. Don't cry. My, and, and, and I'm I sure, love it. And I'm sure, I'm sure Mike's got some, you know – uh, some cousin of some guy that plays in the Bundesliga. There's probably there, there got to be a soccer game going on somewhere. Yeah, man. MLS every Wednesday, every day we do this radio show is MLS. <laughs> and you have MLS Saturday and Sunday. Look at you guys. <laughs> hey, Mike, I'm happy. I'm happy your Ravens got off to a good start. I bet we're you happy that, your Buffalo Bills I, I, won. Wherever life is good, uh, believe me. Uh, then comes next week. <laughs> Exactly, Brian. Brian, you were you were so far. You were right about John Brown. So, let's oh my lord, let me, hey, b- buddy. Just so you know, I got him on both my fantasy teams, and he was a gold mine. He was a gold mine last week, and at, and he's yet to throw the bomb to him. You know, you you've seen yeah. it with the Ravens. You know that ninety yard pass over the top's coming. It's, it's look. It's he's going to stretch it, and I think uh, you know Devin Singletary is going to be a great At, for them this year as well. You're right, man. I think he starts this week after what we saw last week. Fellas, always a pleasure. Can't wait. We'll do it again. Uh, John will come back with a homework assignment and all the great numbers next week. Have a great one, guys. SportsInsiderRadio.com. You can reach out. You can talk to John and Mike. And the number to call is eight hundred two zero nine one six seven nine. 800-209-1679. Have a great week in uh, the football fray. And check out sportsinsiderradio.com. It's the Vegas Board, Tuesday morning at 10 on AM 1400, KSHP North Las Vegas, and KSHP.com. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is speaking on the 18th anniversary of the September 11th attacks. Today, may the memory of the nearly 3,000 victims who lost their lives on this day in 2001 serve as a lasting reminder of what's at stake in the fight against terrorism. 
The Kentucky Republican speaking on the Senate floor says this day is stained by the terrorist who murdered nearly 3,000 people at the World Trade Center, Pentagon, and in a field in Pennsylvania. A human error is being blamed for the warning sirens being sung.